Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. I just welcome you here. If you're new, um, we have a Facebook page uh, called SNL that you can look up on Facebook where you could like and subscribe and get connected with us there. Um, We just welcome you and thank you for coming. I'm going to give you over to Dave Beza. The great great seven brain in me uh, heard you say toiletries and and take a peep and I heard toilet and pee and I was like, Jessica, how did I get a wagon wheel? fantastic best service ever um i kind of feel like i'm interrupting you guys having your faces melted by that band that was quite fun and uh and so i apologize that you have to listen to me for the comeback um, i i want to commend all of you on the stage there's something about and you guys know this there's something so beautiful about faithfulness something I probably haven't learned until I'm I'm 50 years old now, and so I've I've seen people be faithful, and it's something really beautiful, because, you know, people can bring, like, they they can, like, be amazing for spurts, short spurts, that's my specialty, I'm a sprinter, I I don't have a lot of stamina when it comes to being wonderful, I I just do something good, then I'll be off for a little bit, and I come back to something good, but that faithfulness is really beautiful. And, and what we got to be a part of, what we got to witness here, was faithfulness, years and years of relationship and, and partnering in ministry, and now a really healthy see you later. And that's what it's going to be, a see you later. I fully expect Rick, and by the way, Heidi is not, she hasn't passed away. I don't know if they explained that very well. She's very much alive. She's not feeling well today. Good to hear today. But I fully expect to see a Rick and Heidi appearance somewhere down the line, uh, and we just, we commend you, we commend the band for your faithfulness uh, in serving in this. Uh, they don't pay for this, they put hours of practice that you never get to see, so they sound like they were playing, and they're part of the they, they love you, they love the Lord, and they love leading in worship, that's such a good job, I really appreciate this. Alright, today I'm not going to do as much, uh, last week was a little bit more this time, uh, I've got an idea that I really, two different ideas that I really want to share. And one of them is building off of what happened last week. And uh, those of you who know who you were, we, we put out to you, asked you if you wanted to become a child of God. If you wanted to be adopted into God's family. And many of you put your hands up. And so last week was your first week as a Christian. And if you've lived to tell about it, give yourself a little pat on the back. Well done. So today is kind of your first Saturday night, where now we're going to start to build it. I want to—I've I, got an idea that I think is going to be useful for you as a young Christian, and uh, so I want to share that today. Um, but you've got to forgive me. Um, if you go to the next slide, please. Uh, I've come up with the worst title for this uh, message. I call it Party Jesus, and it's like okay, it, and you're going to see why it's a terrible title. And, and when I think of Party Jesus, I kind of think of, have you seen Talladega Nights? And 
you know the prayer that we go out when he's uh, when Ricky Bobby's praying and they're all talking about like what Jesus do you like to pray to? And Ricky Bobby likes to pray to baby Jesus. And they've got all got their well, party Jesus is not a part of the movie, it's not a different characteristic of Jesus. But we're actually gonna see Jesus in two very public places. Uh, places that you might not see regularly in the narrative of his life. Okay, and so what I want to do is I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna read
first example would be Jesus turning the water into wine. Okay, so some things we can know. That means they drank all the wine. This was quite a party. They cleaned, they cleaned house when it came to wine. There was nothing left. Nothing but water left. And Jesus felt like it was worth doing his first miracle to restock the shelves and have enough wine for the party. If we read this story, if we read this passage in isolation, if we focus only on that story, we can think, wow, Jesus loved to party hard. He liked, he liked his drink. And he was willing to use his supernatural powers to make this party just pop. Okay? But I, it, the more we read about Jesus, the more we know he's about so much more than what we would pull out in that thing. And it's a dangerous thing we do. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we give such focus to something so specific. But we don't take note of what we know to be true about Jesus as a person, or his character, or the character of God. So here's my lesson. The Bible is meant to be read cover to cover. And not necessarily starting in Genesis and reading all the way through but we need to immerse ourselves in the whole story. Jesus becomes this amazing part of the whole narrative of the Bible, starting with the creation of everything and ending in a book of the Bible talking about things that haven't even happened yet. We need to understand the whole story. We need to familiarize ourselves. We need to learn and immerse ourselves in the whole story so we don't get tripped up like this where we think, oh, Jesus really likes wine. In the same way, the next story is about Jesus. It looks like he's losing his mind. He braids this cord together, this cord together to make a whip. And he just starts beating on people because they're selling stuff. And again, if we if we read this the wrong way, if, if we get hyper-focused and just isolate this one part of the Bible, we can think that Jesus has a real temper problem. And, or maybe we'll think that Jesus is anti-capitalism or something like that. Maybe he is a little bit, but anyways, that's, that's not the point. We can think of this Jesus as this lunatic clearing the temple with this violent weapon. But if we pull back, we see the heart behind what Jesus does. Where I want to transition to the next bit of scripture. The heart behind what he's doing. I think I need to explain this a little better. So in Jerusalem, they had the temple. And what you need to understand about God in this time. So Jesus, he changes everything. Before Jesus, and actually even at this point, before Jesus dies for us, God was in heaven. And he would come and his presence would come to one place. At, at first, it was um, the, this traveling tabernacle, this, this tent they would set up. You know Indiana Jones, the Ark of the Covenant? That, that's a real thing. Well, not the movie, but it, the movie's real, but it's not a book. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was this thing that God commanded people to build so his presence could come into that ark. And then eventually, Jerusalem, they were allowed to build a temple, a more permanent place where Jesus would come. And there would have to be this curtain 
we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let me pause there for a second. Remember, and this is going to another story, but if you've heard of King David, when King David was chosen, we learned this bit about God. Um, we learned that like, when we look for the next leader, if I were to scan the room and find somebody who I think would be a really good leader, I'm going to look at your outside. I'm going to see uh, what my eyes are drawn to you. You've got a fantastic beard, by the way. I'm very jealous. And so, <laughs> and so I'm, my eyes are on you. I choose you in a heartbeat to lead us. Um, so I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm distracted by his, his great beard. Um, but man will be distracted by great beards. But God teaches us a lesson here. He says, when I look at people, I look at the heart. I can see everything about them. Okay? Jesus, when he speaks, because Jesus is God. Confusing concept, but he is God. And when he sees Nicodemus, he sees really the root and the heart of what he's trying to talk about here. And and he, even though he, the, he asked Jesus the question, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And what he's doing is he's cutting through all of the poop. He's, he's cutting through everything that Nicodemus thought would get him to heaven. All of his good behavior that he thought would earn his way to heaven. And Jesus says, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus, his mind is blown. He said to him, how could a man be born when he's old? Can, this is gross. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Okay? 
what if I really put my faith into this other God and, 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 I, and I do all the things I'm supposed to do? Doesn't God love me enough that I'll just get to heaven? It's not about what we do. Okay? I, I could put all of my faith in this wagon wheel and I could live a perfect sugary life and fall in if I put all my hope and all my faith in this wagon wheel but if this wagon wheel doesn't have the power to help me get to heaven then I'm pooped okay like that's right but but Jesus says that he's the way to the Father he is the bridge uh, one way uh, sin is described is when we sin there's this gap created because God is perfect and we're not. And there's nothing we can do to crawl or climb and get to God in our own strength. But Jesus, because he died, he built this bridge. He became this bridge. And if we go through Jesus, if we follow Jesus, if we commit our lives to Jesus, we can be with the Father. And even though that sounds really exclusive, and that it's like cutting people out of the equation. Sorry, no, you can't go to heaven, you can't go to heaven. It is actually the most inclusive invitation there ever was. And Jesus demonstrated that when he cleared the temple. He wants everybody to know the Father. He wants everybody to know what it means to be forgiven for your sins and to be a new creation so that you can live forever with him. This life is exciting and it's wonderful. It's a gift. I like being alive. I'm quite fond of it. I'm married well. I've got kids. I love watching grow up. Okay? But this is a drop in the bucket. I, I don't want to... I, I got this real quick. Um, somebody once described, I think it was Francis Chan, once described life. Um, how long do you want to live? Until you die. Okay, that's what I think. You're allowed. That's you, you gr wish granted. You get to live till you die. Okay, what's the ideal length of years? 80, okay, let's say 80. I'm going to be generous to you 100 healthy years, okay? This is the actually being pathetic. This is the thing do. So you get to live to be 100, you're healthy, to the, you're going to die in your sleep, and die with a smile on your face, and we'll all be good. So that sounds pretty good, right? And, and let's imagine you've got everything in these 100 years for the rest of your life down to 100 that you could ever want. Doesn't that sound amazing? And let's imagine that this is the timeline of your life from here all the way to here, 100, 100 years, and from whatever point you're at now, I'm sure you're like in your teens or whatever, and, and all this life is going to be amazing, perfect. Sounds pretty good, right? Hey, let me spell out eternity for you. Eternity keeps going, that's east, west. That's west, right? Eternity keeps going west, past Port Coquitlam, past Vancouver, past Vancouver Island, around through to Korea and it just keeps going all the way around the world actually until it comes from Saskatchewan here and then it just keeps going again that direction and around the world and around there and meanwhile eternity also goes this way forever around the world so let's compare this beautiful hundred years to eternity and what if you could if you could put all of your bit eggs in one basket which one would you care about more? Your life on earth or eternity? Okay? 
and that is what the Father, it, the, the Bible tells us, He goes to prepare a place for us. He's getting a place ready for you to live with Him for eternity. And I'll tell you what I know about God. When He gives gifts, He gives good gifts. I'm going to get mushy for a second. Uh, if I was, I got married when I was 22, 21, when I was 21, 22. Got married in 94. That doesn't help you. Anyways, I was tw I think I was 22 years old when I got married. If I were to write a list as a 22-year-old of the things I wanted in life, I'd have, I'd have some things that are probably inappropriate, but I'd have a bunch of things on my list. But now that I've been married for 27 years, I got that right, right? 27 years, now I know a whole bunch of stuff that he gave me as a gift in my wife that I never, I wouldn't have even known to ask for those things. Like, I, I didn't know that that would be important to me. He knew. And he gives better gifts than I can even imagine. Honestly, that I feel the same way about my kids. In fact, I remember Carolee and I were on a, ho on a holiday. And we were talking, what is before kids? What do you think our kids are going to be like? And I remember saying, I just hope they don't get your toes. Just short toes. I have long, elegant, like, monkey-feet toes. But um, that's all I remember saying. But our... God gave us more in our kids. We wouldn't have even known to ask for them. And this is my frame of reference. This is my logicing out why I believe that He gives. When He says He goes to prepare a place for us, it, it's, it's beyond what we could ever even imagine. And He wants everybody to be there. The reason we're here tonight, uh, the reason we've gathered here tonight is we desperately want know about the invitation to be a child of God, to be welcomed into the family. And the only thing that would exclude you is if you just say, you know what, God, I got this, I'm fine without you. I'll do this on my own. And I don't know about you, but when I do things on my own, I, I don't do screw up. I make a lot of mistakes. So, that's where I want to kind of camp. I'm going to invite the worship you to come back up. Um, but I do, we did this last week. I, I don't want to miss a chance to put the invitation out to you again today. Um, and we walked through pretty clearly last week. Um, if you would like to say yes to this invitation, God loved the world. He loved so much. He gave his only son. That whoever believes in him, they will not die. They will not, it's, they won't get to the end of this hundred years and, and become worm food. They will have eternal life. And this is an invitation. Another part of the Bible talks about how God stands at the door of your heart, and he's not. And some of you might feel us right now, not literally feel us, but you might, you might feel this, this kind of invitation. He, he wants to be a part of your life, but he's not barred, he's not kicking down the door. This is your choice inviting you to open the door and accept him into your life. And so once again, I'm going to get you to bow your head, close your eyes, and I want to put this to you, and you, I, I don't want, the, the reason we get you to bow your head and close your eyes, we don't want there to be a barrier of, of self-consciousness in your way. We want nothing to be in the way of you making this decision. But if today you can admit that you're imperfect, if you believe that Jesus 
died so that the price will be paid for all of your sin. And if you want to commit your life to Jesus, I just invite you to raise your hand right February 20th, is that right? No, 19th. Your spiritual birthday today. Some of you, your spiritual birthday is February 26th. Yeah, woo. And again, the Bible talks about how the angels throw a party in heaven. When when people make the decision, because, oh man, I, I, I know I'm not, I invite you up maybe a little bit too soon. I, I got, you can open your eyes, by the way. Just as there's this eternity with heaven, in heaven, with the Father, there's also the harsh reality that there's still eternity. And if you're not with the Father, you are separated from the Father. And, and, the, and the Bible talks about it like this. Um, a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's this eternal loneliness, eternal separation, eternal pain and anguish. And we talk about how Jesus has a plan for your life. He wants good things for you. He wants you to be in relationship with the Father. Well, in the same way, the enemy has a plan for your life, too. He wants you to die in the most horrific way possible. And some of you have first-hand exposure to the way he wants to kill you. He wants to drag you into the worst, into the worst of the worst. He wants, he wants to see you harm yourself and harm others. That's the enemy's plan for eternal death. So thankful that some of you have chosen Jesus. And you need to know that when you choose to follow him, he doesn't think twice. He doesn't sit there and go, oh, I don't know. It's like, yes, and it's now. Okay? Alright. In this new life, I invite you to stand and let's worship one more time together. And uh, then we'll enjoy some microphones. By the way, I had a wagon. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you just want to talk to somebody about what you've heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.